You're listening to The Room Block Podcast, a series of conversations with compelling professionals from the world of events and hospitality. I'm your host, Jen Salerno. I've spent the last 20 years in different facets of the industry, working alongside a variety of people that have one common goal, to serve our customers by creating memorable experiences. Now, I want to share with you the passions, inspirations, and challenges of the individuals who make it happen. In each episode, we'll hear insight and perspective from two guests that fill some of the many roles within this incredible industry. Welcome to The Room Block and enjoy your stay. Greetings, Room Block Podcast listeners. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode. Whether this is your first or your 29th, I'm actually on to number 29, I'm so glad you're here. I'd like to start by thanking you all so much for listening, subscribing, reviewing, and sharing the show. Because of you all, I have recently passed a very exciting milestone of 20,000 downloads. That feels like a lot, right? Sounds like a lot. Maybe not like Joe Rogan a lot, but it's good. I mean, this has just been such an amazing and fun ride, and I'm just so grateful to everyone who is along on this journey with me. You know, I mentioned on the Courtesy Block last week that today's episode was the brainchild of one of my listeners. Sunny Yoon is currently breaking into the industry, and she had mentioned to me that she'd love to hear an episode about the moms who work in this business. You know, what does it take to handle two incredibly demanding jobs, one professional and one personal? There are a ton of working moms out there and, you know, working dads, of course, and this is not to take anything away from the men. But as women, we have the unique privilege of growing and birthing humans you know, and then returning to work within a matter of you know, weeks sometimes, right? It's hard to be a working mom no matter the industry. But you guys know that this business is special from both a mental and physical wear and tear perspective. The long hours, the nights, the weekends, the travel, the pressure the stress. We used to tell ourselves in the office, okay, guys, we're not saving lives here. You know, but the irony is that for those of us who are parents, we are creating and shaping lives at home. And yeah, maybe we are even saving them every now and then. There's just no way around it. Being a working mother in this business is tough. It was tough before the pandemic then tough in another way during the pandemic, and it remains to be seen what the role will look like post-pandemic. Today, I'm joined by two women who are both mothers and hospitality and event professionals, and they weigh in on all of it, the good, the bad, the highs and lows, and what exactly it takes to be able to do it all. Spoiler alert, you can't do it all, and that's okay. Today, you will hear from Jessica Schofernacker, Director of Sales and Marketing from the Sofitel Chicago Magnificent Mile, and Jen Monte, an independent meeting and event consultant who has managed projects for clients such as McDonald's, Emergency Nurses Association, and the American College of Healthcare Executives, which is also where she spent a good amount of her career. This conversation will give you some insight straight from the mouths of babes, moms, on just how these two women make working motherhood work for them and their families. 
Whether you are looking for specific strategies or simply some encouragement, this episode has it all. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jessica Schofernacker and Jen Monte. Hello, everybody, and thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Room Block Podcast. I'm so excited today because I have a topic to discuss that's very near and dear to my heart, being a working mom in hospitality for most of my adult life. And so I have two ladies here to join me today to talk about the tough aspect that it is to be a working mom in this business. So welcome, Jessica and Jen, to the show. Hello. Thanks for having us. Hi. Thanks so much for being here. It's such a pleasure. And just on a personal note, it's just so nice to see familiar faces. <laughs> I especially Jess, we we worked together for so long, and I feel like it's we finally get a chance to see each other again after you know over a year. I know it's been far too long of like seeing people in person, and I was thinking as I logged on, like I just want to hug you both. Like I can't wait till we could get back to like seeing each other and hugging each other. <laughs> I know. I totally agree. All right. Well, let's get started and talk about who you ladies are, just so the audience can get an understanding of your relevancy to the topic. Uh, so, and, and, you know, what you do in the industry. So Jess, why don't you start, kick us off? My name is Jessica Schofernacher. I am the Director of Sales and Marketing for Sofitel Chicago Magnificent Mile. And I started in that role last February which if you are, you know, a mathematician, you're doing the math and saying she started just before the pandemic hit. And that is correct. <laughs> I was just a few weeks into my role there when um, the fallout from the pandemic started. So that was a really interesting thing to go through. And before that, I had spent about eight years um, at Swiss Hotel Chicago, which is where I got to know you, Jen mm -hmm. Salerno. Eight years, was it? Oh, my yes, gosh. Yes, it was. I started as a sales manager and kind of worked my way up. And when I left, I was the director of group sales. And then before that, I had spent nearly 10 years with Associated Luxury Hotels, which is how I met Jen Monte, because um, she became a really close customer and friend as uh, a result of my time there. So I've been doing, I've been in this industry for a long time. I've always been on the sales side, um, which is what I love to do, but I, I've, you know, spent a little time doing different aspects of the sales side. And I feel like that's been really important for my growth. I really enjoyed that. Okay. I feel like I did not know that you were with Ale High before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I helped open. <laughs> I helped uh, my boss at the time was Stacey Lugarini. I helped her open the Chicago sales office for Associated Luxury Hotels. No kidding. We shared right. an office. We shared a computer. We shared a phone oh. <laughs> for a few weeks. It was, we were very close. <laughs> that would not happen today. <laughs> no, no sharing of computers. Nope. Oh my gosh. Well, excellent. Well, and that's interesting that you've always really been in the sales role. Yeah, that's what I like to do. You know, I I I like selling. I like interacting with customers. I like building that kind of rapport. And then as I've grown, I've really enjoyed leading, you know, and taking my current role, I was worried that I wouldn't be selling anymore. I was just going to be a leader. Um, but I found that there are a lot of um, skills that that translate from sales and customer management and all that into managing people. And certainly being a mom helps with managing people. And I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I, I agree with you. I could see where that 
you would find some translatable skills and mm-hmm. you would have your a chance to to flex all of those. So good, good. All right. So Jen, let's move on to you. Take yeah. us through your story. Absolutely. So I started my career at meetings and incentives. And then I oh. moved, and then I moved to the American College of Healthcare Executives, where I met Jess and I worked there for 10 plus years. Mm. And then I started a family and couldn't do it anymore. Um, and kind of had a little breakdown in between just with commuting to the city and like, how do you manage two kids? And I started working for myself and I started um, being a contractor. And so n- then I developed a great portfolio of clients. Um, and a lot of contractors, you know, during the pandemic have had to shut down or find other ways. And I have kind of the trendy word of pivoting into the virtual world and um, really helped one of my clients with all their virtual programs in um, developing kind of a virtual team for them. And so that's been really interesting and um, different. Oh, yeah. Well, wait a minute. So when you were at ACHE, American yeah. College of Healthcare Executives. Um, so you were you were a meeting planner. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, we were, I was a meeting planner. I was in their meetings department. Okay. Okay. So then, when on your own, what services do you offer? So on my own, I'll do anything from find a location. You know, the RFP process, the contract process, the on-site process. I, you know, I. I will not take on a 500 person meeting by myself, but I will do a nice range of things. Awesome. That's Um, so good. Yeah. And I work for a lot of, um, I work, you know, I do anything from board meetings to help a team run a, you know, one of my clients, they have a programming team and they just don't have a meetings team. So I do all their meetings work for them. Well, and how wonderful that you were able to, you know, make the change, adapt to the virtual world, and you didn't have to miss a beat, stop going. Right. And we've all adapted to being teachers as well this year. So we are adapting. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> have, have we though adapted? No, but you're right. And so it's a whole other realm of it's a kind of like a virtual meeting in itself every day, helping those kids with their school. No kidding. I have learned during the pandemic, no two days are alike. And I really believe that now. And yet they feel like Groundhog Day. (laughs) I I don't know how both can be true, but they are. (laughs) I I would have to agree because it's, it's like you're, you're in the same environment literally every day, but there are weird, crazy things that do tend to happen. And I don't know if that's just the having kids aspect does that or what. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting thing. And I saw a t- statistic where like working moms are carrying the brunt of this um, e-learning and kids staying at home. And it has been the most difficult year career and professional, professionally and personally for me, I feel like since I started working. Oh, no, I, I can understand that. And I should say, I mean, it's kind of funny, like, to have this conversation. So Technically, it's it. I'm at the year mark um, today <laughs> of of not working oh, wow. actually a full time job. Um, so to to say, I can't really relate in all the same ways as you both can to holding trying to hold a full time job while going through the pandemic with the kids, with teaching, and everything. But 
having running the podcast has been still challenging to try to do it all, but it's not the same thing as what you guys are trying to do. So my heart goes out to you. I just, you know, can't imagine what it's been like for, for both of you to keep going, have the kids at home. I mean, there's so many people listening who I'm sure are in the exact same boat. So that's why I just really wanted to have you both on the show to talk about like, you know, and it's not just the pandemic. I mean, it's, it's honestly just being a mom in this industry in general. It and, and like you said it, Jen, I mean, we do tend to carry the brunt of what happens with the kids. And not to say that the dads don't do a ton, but I think we can probably all agree that in our minds, the churning just never stops. That's totally true. Like I I feel really sometimes I feel like an imposter of a working mom because my husband's a stay-at-home dad. And so he bears a lot of the um, day-to-day. I mean, you should see the alarms on his phone right now are set for every 25 minutes to transition my daughter from subject to subject. We have a first grader. Um, So I, I know there are a lot of moms who have to do that in addition to working, but I can hear it all. And it takes every ounce of my restraint to not pop in there and try to suggest a new manner of doing things, a different way of handling a problem, um, you know, a different type of language to work through a situation. I, I may be in here and I may be working, but I can hear it all. And I'm, I'm still processing it too. I just, there are a lot of people I know who are going through it and doing the day to day and then still holding a full-time job. And even you, Jen, you said like you haven't been working full time since this began, but you had to create a whole new thing. Like that took a lot of work too. (laughs) For sure. And I think one of the really good things about the pandemic is it has taught companies flexibility Yeah, and has taught employers like people can work from home and people can do this. And I left my job at the American College of Healthcare Executive because there was no flexibility but I have learned that you can still achieve the same goals if you're working from eight to four, or if you're kind of working around your carpool schedule at the same time. Um, technology's there and we can do this. Yes, totally. Yeah, I had a boss tell me, I can't believe how much you get done in a day. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, I have no choice. I need to get it done in this day. Um, you know, there used to be a time where it would be like, I'll just stay until seven o'clock and not care. But now it's like, no, I need to be done at a certain time. I'm, I'm really protective of, I call it um, charge your phone, charge your family time. So there's a point in the day where work stops, the phone goes on the charger, and those couple of hours around dinner time, bath time, bedtime, that's charge your phone, charge your family time. We put in the time to charge the family, put the phones on the chargers, they're not around us. And I tell every, now I tell employers and employees, I will be with you through the workday. And then during charge your phone, charge your family time, I'm a little off limits. And then I will be with you after that if needed. You know, I can answer emails later at night after the kids go to bed, but during charge your phone, charge your family time, I'm off limits. Please just give me that. It's very important. And, you know, in sales, we're used to, we have to attend events and we have to go to um, customer affairs and, and things like that. And it's like, now I find myself a little more choosy about those things that happen after hours. What's going to be the ROI on this? 
Is it going to be worth my time? Can I send somebody else? Like it used to be, no, I have to go. I have to go. Could somebody else go and be just as effective? And would it be good for their growth because they're younger than me and at a point in their career where they need to learn how to attend to these things? You know, it just changes the whole perspective on like what you're protecting and and where you're spending your minutes. I think that that is such a good point. And I think that that's one of the biggest lessons I learned as being a mom is that you don't have to do everything. And it helped me to be able to like, assign people and manage things or, you know, delegate. We all have to delegate and I don't have time to do everything. So I need to pick wisely and I need to make the most out of the time I have because I have less time. Exactly. Well, so there's, there's a lot of what you both just said that is so good. Um, Just charge your phone, charge your family. Like that is... (laughs) Incredible. I love that. I might now take that and use it. <laughs> I, I, that is like a like a very tangible, good piece of advice. So, like everyone listening, like there it is. That's the quote right there. <laughs> but um, so you're both talking about the time it takes to do the job, right? And the time it takes to do a good job and your availability. So, let's go back to before you were moms, right? And now you're working. Don't you think that there are some perceptions of of parents and even moms, but just of parents in general who are who are working and then you would see them leave at five and you're like, hmm, I guess they just have to go home, you know, and like totally it's just it's it's cool to to get to a point where you realize and and hopefully that's the case hopefully that's one thing like you said Jen that this pandemic has taught everybody is that you don't have to have those keep the same hours as everybody else to be just as effective so it's funny when i um left ACG i probably was working the most i had been working because I, my husband was traveling i had to do the pickup and drop off And my boss was like, okay, I know you're getting your work done. Just go. And I would work in the morning when I woke up because I'd be up so early with kids. I'd put them to bed and work again. And anyone who was on my team knew I was working and getting the job done. A hundred percent. Because they could see the emails come in. They could see the work being completed. But it's interesting that you say that because people then outside of my direct team in other departments were like, she's never here. I can never get a hold of her. And I'm like, mm. we just have to be more strategic about it. I can't know what, I can't be on a meeting from five to six 30 at night, but I can be on one from two to four, you know? So I think that I, I think that it's just interesting being present. Doesn't mean if you're not present, it doesn't mean you're not working. And with technology today, I don't feel like everyone needs to be present in an office building. I'm also acutely aware as a a manager and a director that I'm setting an example for others that there should be this flexibility, that you should be understanding when somebody asks for a modified schedule but is still getting the work done, when somebody has a personal requirement but still gets their job done, that the people that report to me are seeing the way that I do it and and they understand there it doesn't have to be 8 to 5:30 Monday through Friday and stay forever and that working longer doesn't mean you're working harder that there are different ways to handle work i mean 
for sure, before pandemic, none of us thought hoteliers could really work from home. <laughs> there were some cases where people worked remote, right, selling remote destinations or whatever. But for the most part, hoteliers couldn't work from home. And now we've shown that we can. Sure, I need to be there. I mean, I'm going in um, a couple days a week, but I I just think we're showing people like there's a smarter way to work and a way that accommodates people's personal lives. And if you do that, I saw a quote somewhere and I wish I could attribute it. I'll have to look it up and maybe I can send it to you. But it said that if you are fair and open to a working mob, you'll never have a more loyal employee. Like it was essentially that. That is, I believe, 100 percent true. It goes beyond working moms. If you are fair and open to accommodating employees, you'll have loyal employees. How many of us know people who left, not just moms, but who left jobs because they were like, it didn't, it didn't work for me. I found something more flexible. I found something, you know, more open to the way I want to work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they have said that's a big deal for younger generations. Mm-hmm having that flexibility. Honestly, I don't think I could go. I think all of us were in, we're in the position where our kids, if they're not in school, you know, my kids are not in school full time. They're in school five days a week, but just like partial days. So like, right. someone's got to go get them at noon. Like, it's just, not, you know, I can't be downtown five days a week right now. Right. And that's, I mean, right now I work for someone who's super flexible with that because my, some a grown up has to be here in this house when my husband takes the preschooler to school, but the first grader is on remote learning. <laughs> like she can't miss that, and yet the preschooler needs to get to school. So there has to be an adult here. I don't need to to help the first grader. She's she's good for that limited amount of time, but the ability for me to sit here in this house on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and still get all my work done, that's. That's something that required the trust of my employer. And I'm so lucky that he did because there are a lot of hoteliers who maybe wouldn't have made that leap. Right. Pandemic probably switched that for a lot of people, I'm aware. Right. I know. I mean, it's 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 fascinating because the, the challenges that existed before might not exist anymore yeah. to, to such an extent as far as that flexibility now that we've established that flexibility works. However depending on on everybody's personal experience, you know, it's not necessarily easier to be working from home with the whole family around. No, okay. <laughs> it is not easier by any means. No. Um, but I think that we're, I hope this stays. I think we're developing a culture a little bit where people are accepting of like kids and family and if they hear a noise in the background. We all know that our kids are home. And we know that we can't control some of that stuff. You know, we can't have kids running in the back of the Zoom, but I hope that people are becoming more understanding and companies are. I've also, um, ever since I became a mom, I felt like introducing the people I work with and the people I work for to my kids has been important because it gives a face, a really adorable face, to the reason <laughs> that I'm asking for flexibility, the reason I'm asking for understanding, the reason I can't make it to a certain event. Like if if that reason has a face and, a, you know, a cute little package to go with it, I think people are more receptive. Uh, 
many years ago, um, when I was at Swiss Hotel, we started this Christmas party, this annual Christmas party where we invited people to bring their families. And it was so nice to meet, um, you know, planners, families, and to see the reason that they work so hard and, and see them enjoy this. And we thought, what, why are we, why wouldn't we bring our families? These customers are people I've worked with for decades. They want to see, they want to see my kids. They want to meet them. And, and we did that. And it gave, again, it gave like a face to this person we talk about all the time together when we catch up, when we go out for lunch, when we, you know, talk at a cocktail reception about our children, like Camden and Blake, like all all of a sudden I like know who they are. And um, it's just, I think putting that face, I think there are a lot of people who want to compartmentalize family and compartmentalize work. And I used to bring my kids into work pre-pandemic, uh, not all the time, but a couple times a year, I would bring them in during the day and, and take them around and introduce them to everybody because all of a sudden, this reason I had to leave at 4.30 had a face. Mm. This this reason I was asking for a day off to go into preschool mom had a face. And it it made it a lot more tangible for people. That's so cool, Jess. And I can speak for myself that um, <laughs> that Swiss hotel party, the the holiday party, where <laughs> where you would invite the families. I I have been an attendee along with my husband and two children, and uh, I think my kids might have actually closed it down a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> They're the the last one standing up on the stage. Sorry about that, but <laughs> um, yes. I always enjoyed meeting your children at that as well. So, I mean, it was just, you're making an excellent point. Yeah, I just, I, I worry that people, there are people who think they can't like introduce that world to this world. And and if you marry the two, you'll find that, you know, work will be a lot more accommodating. I That's been my experience. Well, and Jen, like you said, you know, the hopefully we're de- developing a culture where that's totally acceptable, yeah. not just over Zoom, but I mean, if even it, like Jess, if you said, you know, like having the you know meeting people in person eventually, that's just not something that I would have thought about before. I mean, yeah, like take your kids to work day or whatever. But like aside from that, it's you know it, it's okay. It's more acceptable. Mm-hmm. I love families that let their kids come to Christmas parties and office parties. I think all of that kind of to your point, Jess, is we don't have to carp. We don't have to put those in different buckets. It can all be one because we're trying to manage it all together, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, you know, it takes a village, right? That's what they say. <laughs> that's like the probably the biggest quote, I guess, that's rung true for me as a as a parent, that it truly takes a village and that oh, it yeah. can include your coworkers, <laughs> you know, just having that acceptance of the fact that you do have things you have to do outside of work. Absolutely. I think if it was just me and my husband raising our family, we'd We'd have really messed it up by now. <laughs> we're, we're grateful for our village. Yes. Absolutely. So I want to know from both of you, how has being a mom helped you in your career or or hurt you? I mean, I think we could, we've established that there's probably ways where it's been clearly challenging, but how has it helped you? I think for me, it's helped me um, in terms of individualizing my approach to everybody that works with and, and for, and, and just as a part of my daily interactions, because I have two little girls, two years apart, you would think two little girls, same household, same parents, both girls, 
they'd be a lot alike. They are nothing alike. <laughs> it's like they were raised in two different countries sometimes. <laughs> One is the sweetest, most empathetic, like in tune with people's emotions, joyful little girl. And the other is just a bucket of excitement and um, a little sassy and kind of like a firecracker. They are so different. Same with, you know, two people in the same role with the same title who I might be working with are two very different people. And learning what motivates people is the biggest part of getting results from anybody, right? Mm -hmm. Like I know I, I, I used to have somebody that I knew that all that mattered to her was to see the financial data and the results of her impact on the financial data. And then I had somebody else who worked for me who her biggest motivator was to be a part of a team. And if I could show her how she contributed to team growth, that was hugely motivating. And the, I learned that every day with my kids. <laughs> like, you, one is going to be motivated by timeout. One is not going to care if she has to sit over there. <laughs> That's been for me like the biggest tie-in that I can see. You know, not only as a leader, because you're you're speaking about it in terms of being a leader, which totally makes sense, but just being a a coworker as well. You know, just with colleagues across the board. You know, everybody needs something different. Everybody's driven by something different. How about you, Jen? I feel like one of the big there's two things I think I have really learned since being a parent. Is one is you make a decision and you go with it. I don't have oh. time to triple, double, quadruple check and rethink it. That's a good one. If I need to adjust it, we can adjust it, but I don't have time to keep rethinking this. And I think the second thing is, is you can't do everything and you're not less of a person, mother or employee, if you delegate something out, it is okay. And so I think to me, those were my two biggest takeaways um, or things I learned as being a parent and personally and professionally, I've learned those. We got to do what we need to do. Those are really good. You know, why, why is it that as moms, and Jess, you alerted to this earlier, that it's so hard for us to sometimes let other people do things that we might see an opportunity to make them better? Or, you know, like, it's, it's hard to delegate sometimes. I really thought about this like a year ago. I don't know if it's us putting pressure on ourselves, like that mom pressure, or what it is, but we feel like we need to do everything. I need to carpool, work, make dinner, fold the laundry, clean the house, and run a team of 10 people. I, I don't know. Like, we just feel like we need to do everything. And it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay not to be great at everything. I'm really good at this. And this person's really good at that. So why wouldn't I let them do it? Yeah, I think having a stay-at-home dad helped me realize that I don't need to do everything because let me tell you, the bar for a stay-at-home dad is so much different than I feel like the bar for a stay-at-home mom would be. Like, there are two levels, right? Like, people hear my husband's a stay-at-home dad, and they're like, wow. And he he what, he what makes dinner? Wow, that's <laughs> wonderful. And I'm like, well, if I was a stay-at-home parent, I would probably make dinner most nights. Probably. I, I can't say for sure, but yeah, it would probably be in the realm of my likely responsibilities. But for him, it's like, oh, the kids are alive and they're fed. Oh, he's doing such a great job. But if you were a mom, I think there would be a different bar if you for a stay at home mom, right? You'd have to have 
the right snacks and the smartest kid and the, you know, homemade stuff. And I don't know. I just feel like that, like watching that with him as a stay at home dad really taught me like, I don't need to do all the things I thought I would need to do as a mom because these kids are fine. (laughs) And at work, it's the same thing. Like you watch some people and you're like, oh, I don't need to whirl around like a dervish just to get the job done. I can say, I can identify strengths in people, like Jen said, and say like, this person's really good at this. Why wouldn't I bring them in and let them do some of the lifting here? What an amazing point. Well, I love your perspective of having your husband stay at home, be a stay-at-home dad, because that does really make you think about things in a different way. And it doesn't, you know, not to take away what it is to be a mom, a working mom, but it's, it, it, I guess I can just speak for myself. You know, I was, my husband and I, our roles have completely swapped now, where I was mm-hmm. the one out of the house you know, for the vast majority of the time. My husband is uh, self-employed, so he runs a business, but his flexibility was obviously way greater than mine, being in a, I had to report into a place, you know, every day. Um, now, <laughs> you know, I'm here, I'm home. And he used to always be the one to, to have dinner on the table. Like, I would actually get home mm-hmm. from work and, like, dinner would be on the table. And we kind of continued that way for a while after, you know, like a year ago, it was like he was still responsible for that. And then finally I said, oh, you know what? Like, I, <laughs> I could probably take that on. <laughs> like, I should probably <laughs> do that. And, you know, and he, he didn't ask me to, but I just realized it's probably something that I I should do or could do and was happy to, to, to do. But it, it has been a, a, a mental change. But as long as you're happy to do it, like the could do and should do, that's where I get hung up. I'm like, there is no should do. Like, you know, should I make dinner once a week? Maybe. Maybe I should help out in that way. But do I want to? Not every week. Nope. I'm not interested every week. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff in our personal and professional lives that we feel, we do just because we feel like we should and not because we want to or because it's beneficial at all. It's hard to let go of that. I agree with that. And I think I'm really trying to do this. There, there is no right way of doing things. It's what works for you. It is mm-hmm. what your family and your team at work. So like if, you know, I, my husband is very involved because I'm working and he's working. So he has to pull some of this weight too, to kind of Jess's point. And as a team, you know, when you manage a team, everyone has to pull a little weight and it, you just have to find what works for you guys. I, I, I'm with you, Jess. Like, it shouldn't be a, you should do this. You have to do this. It's how can we achieve these end goals yeah. in a way that makes both of us happy or our team happy, you know? That is a cool way to think about it. It's like, I mean, and I, I know that, you know, deep down inside that being parents is like being a team that you together try to accomplish the best end result for everybody, you know, just like you would in a company uh, or for yeah. a department or whatever. But it's it's just, it is very freeing to hear other moms say, you don't have to do that stuff. You know, why do we set these expectations? Yeah. We used to, before pandemic, when life was busy and we had things um, <laughs> that we did, we used to have weekly meetings. We call like a logistics meeting and a feelings meeting. So my husband and I 
on Sunday nights, we'd have a logistics meeting. Who needs to be where and when? What do I have at work that will keep me from being home on time, you know, at the normal time? Do we have any plans for dinner? What do we have? And then we would meet again on Thursday night for another logistics meeting for the weekend, right? What, what do we have? And then we would also schedule time for a feelings meeting, which sounds super, and he hated it. Um, but, it, and sometimes it was just five minutes. It was like, how are you feeling? How am I feeling? Are we like good? And I think that can translate to work too. Obviously we need logistics meetings, but you also need to like touch base with people's wellness, right? So like, how are you feeling? How is the workload? How are you managing it? Is there anything going on outside of work you want to talk about that is impacting work? Like it's important just to touch base with people. People want to be heard and they want to know that you know what's going on with them. At least that's what I found. So just touching base with people outside of project management, right? And, and saying, how how's your head? How's your heart? And making sure that those two things are important to you as well. And so even though sometimes Eric is like, we don't need a feelings meeting. We're good. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to tell you then, then this whole feelings meeting can be about how I feel. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Which is fine. I love that. <laughs> um, but as long as you're having those touch points, like it's just as important to have them at home and at work, you know, if you're, especially if you're managing people. Well, my gosh, I mean, I think about when I was running a team and we would have a weekly or biweekly one-on-ones. And yeah. the point of having those one-on-ones was to accomplish both of those conversations, the logistical and I did make it a point you know, to talk about just what's going on in their personal life and that kind of thing. But I'm realizing that I was not and probably still don't necessarily give that exact same attention to every single member of my household. You know, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. and I, that's funny because I, I guess I just didn't think about formalizing it in that way, but that kind of gives it a set time and place to have those conversations. Yeah. I love it. Those conversations still happen at other inopportune moments, but right. <laughs> but giving them a voice on like Wednesday nights over a glass of wine is a nice way to do it. And I think during the pandemic, like kind of having those feeling meetings with your kids as well. And yeah, <clears throat> how are they doing? How can we better support them? I mean, I know my kids are young, but they know that there's a pandemic and different things going on right now, you know, so I, you know, touch base with them as well. Yeah. And I think that the kids of those of us in this industry, and probably there are other industries that are similar, right? But this is what we know. But kids of those of us in this industry, they're hearing devastating news mm -hmm. a lot from us, or they were at least in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I'm sure for you guys, it was the same thing of like, you know, what are customers doing? How are we going to get through this? Are we going to survive? Bless your heart, Jen. Like I'm not like yeah. my career is going to be a different career now and I'm no longer employed by my employer. And for my kids, it was like mom's coming home and crying about laying people off and closing the hotel. And they they were hearing about this pandemic, not just in terms of a pandemic, but in terms of mom's work and how devastating it was to mom's work. So checking in with them and making sure that they understand it from a kid's point of view was something I didn't even, I didn't even think of for a long time because I was so in my head about how it was affecting my, 
my professional life. And, and when I started to talk to them about it, they had a lot of questions and they wanted to know mostly like, is our family going to be okay? It's like, yeah, the family's going to be okay. Here's why mom's so upset. And here's what dad's doing to help mom. Yeah. And I mean, it's been a crazy year. Like my second grader, you know, last year went to school or for two years went to school. This year is kind of this hybrid, remote, whatever they call it, in school, half days, learning on a computer. And that's so different for him, too. So I agree, Jess, like having those open conversations and checking in with people is something that I have found very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Over the last 12 months. Definitely. Well, and you guys both just make a good point about the fact that kids, you know, if we have the ability to go back to what it was like to be eight or nine or 10 or however old, you know, our kids are and think about what is most important to them, it is that they want to feel safe and secure. And, to you know, mm -hmm. there is a discomfort when they see their parent being upset, or at least, you know, there would have yeah. been for me, like, it's, it feels weird, right? And like, I, I did lose my job. And I, I my son is, oh, is nine, and he's definitely old enough to know, like, what does that mean? Yeah. And I think, too, that, you know, kids thrive in routine. Like, I realized during the pandemic how much I thrive in a routine. <laughs> you know, like, I used to travel, and now my kids are like, why are you home all the time? <laughs> when is it going to be the boys' weekend? And I'm like, oh, not for a little bit. But, you know, like, just explaining that to them, because they the little things that we, you know, they just don't understand sometimes how little things that change or you know, how our little changes affect them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so Jen, I was thinking, you said when you were at ACHE and then you had your children and at some point you said, I, I can't do this anymore. So mm -hmm. what did you mean by that? Was it, was it the commute aspect or like what, you know, what are, what is something you wish you had at that time? Do you think there's a way that you could have continued working in the office full time or what, what was it? Yeah, absolutely. So when I, I, um, lived in the suburbs. I live in Downers Grove. I worked in the loop and <clears throat> I was dropping my, I was pregnant with my second son, dropping the first one off at daycare. And my husband was traveling at the time, like four days a week. Mm. And so for me physically to get up, get my son ready, get him to daycare, get on the train, get downtown and work the full day, and then get back on the train to go pick him up. It, it was just too much for me. And then I um, I struggled because there was no flexibility. There was none. And um, I, I worked for a great boss who gave me as much flexibility as he could. But just as a company, they were like, our flexibility is eight to four, or nine to five. Hmm. And as a company, that's hard. And, you know, I wanted to work like better hours were like 8.15 to 4.15. But they didn't want to let me make that little you know, change to the schedule. And so it it was just not something that I, I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't fit the mole anymore of their, what they wanted. So I just decided I was going to make my own mole and mold and figure out how I can work. Cause I love working. I like working. I like being in our, you know, talking to people and working on projects. And um, I just was going to figure out how I could do it. And have a family as well at the same time, because that was obviously important to me. Right. Well, 
And then for you, Jess, I mean, were there ever any like major challenges that you encountered as, you know, where you wish you had had additional support or different ways over the years? Um, I feel really lucky in the way that, that my family came together and, and my career continued to expand. I, I attribute a lot of it to my husband and his support. I am able to give my mental bandwidth to work, you know, for the most part, we, a lot of close friends and colleagues joke that Jessica is a manager, but she has a manager at home. He manages every aspect of, of life for us. So I, I'm really lucky about that. And I, as I was having my family, I worked for somebody who had a family. I would say that was a really important connection that he had three kids and he was very flexible to let me change my schedule. Like Jen said, I changed then from 7.30 to 4.30 or to 7.30 to 4.30 so that I could get home and, and spend a couple hours with my kids. I think for me in having kids and, and working full time, the the hardest part was maternity leave and coming back. I found maternity leave in the U.S. impossible to navigate. I was not prepared for how little, first of all, how little time we get, but how every company is different in terms of the support they offer and the income you're going to earn or not earn while you're on maternity leave. It's a financial blow, especially when the mother is the primary breadwinner in your family. Um, and, and you're told one thing, but then when you actually dig in and do research, it may be another thing. So I made it my goal to become really well-versed on the maternity leave policy of our company so that the next woman who had a baby in our company could come to me and have it really clearly explained because it's a hard enough thing to go through. You're very emotional. There's a lot changing in your life. And especially if it's the first time you're going on mat leave, you, you just need it. You just need somebody to be able to clearly define and explain to you the process for applying for short-term disability, what it will look like, what financial impact this will have on your family. And, and then when it's time to return far too soon, in my opinion, um, what that transition looks like, being flexible for people to transition back slowly because it's not every mom who's just ready to come back full time on day one, right? We need to maybe ease people in or let them, you know, go back to their little tiny baby um, for half a day. And just knowing that, you know, this person is coming back to work for us and her clothes don't fit and her clock is messed up. I remember sitting at a boardroom, looking around a table um, during my first week back from maternity leave and just thinking, all of you slept all night. <laughs> I hate you all so much because you all slept all night. And knowing that nobody at that table had been through what I had been through because I was the only mom. So I wish... And, and that's not to say I didn't feel supported. I think my company did a, their best to support me. But what we can do then as moms is to be supportive of other women when they come back because working moms aren't going away. They're increasing in numbers and they're going to need somebody like me or like you both, Jens, who can say, I've, I've been through this and I'm going to help you get through this transition and 
you know, function and, and be successful. So I think a really good point you made, and I find this like the key to working moms is you want to support other working moms. I, I struggle with the people that were like, yeah, it's tough. You'll figure it out. And I'm like, no, like, tell me, help me. Like, why are we not helping each other more? Like, yeah. I know Jessica does a great job of supporting her team and other working moms. And you are a great role model in that way because not everyone does. And yes, it takes a little extra time. And yes, no one helped you, but why are we not helping others? Because we want to promote that and we want women to stay in the workforce and we want to keep it going. And um, I remember I, one of my clients, Veritas, which is my largest client, um, I work with them and she's a single, she was a single mom. She raised two kids. And when I started working for her, I was like, I'm sorry, I just have to go to like carpool. And she's like, I get it. You work your schedule mm -hmm. around your kids. And I was like, what? And she goes, you have to get your job done, but you work your schedule around your kids. She goes, I was a single mom. I did it. I, I want to help others. And I was like, why are we all not thinking that way? Yeah. I, I'm a part of a bunch of online communities that support working moms, like the Mom Project. Um, I'm in, a, I know this sounds really cheesy, but I'm in a, I have a Facebook group of women. We all had our babies at the same time and we're all the primary earners for our family. And we go on like girls retreats um, and trips together. Like we, it's an, we're all from all over the U.S., but we actually come together in person a lot to support each other and spend time together because we can relate to each other in a way that there are not a lot of, it feels like there are not a lot of people that can relate to us. Um, and, and we support each other in, you know, asking questions like, is it, do you think it would be okay for me to ask my boss, blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, I'm thinking about making this change in my career and this is how it would impact my family and asking for advice. There's, there's just so much support out there that working moms can get. And, the key is just finding other like-minded people who are, who are willing to support you. And it doesn't just have to be moms. I would, my current boss and my last boss were men, men with families, and they were very supportive. Now they couldn't guide me through maternity leave and they maybe didn't understand that week that I came back from maternity leave. Sure. But they've been very supportive of me growing my family and nurturing my family while I work and get the job done for them. I agree with you, Jess, 100 percent. Jess knows my old boss at ACHE, and he was an amazing he had no kids, no family and was amazing supporter of me having a family and balancing work and life. And yeah, life. we all love I was going to say, <laughs> no, he, yeah. he, now he now he does have kids. <laughs> yes, yeah. He does now have kids and he'll call me and he'll be like, wow. I never knew you were really serious about this or wow, you really <laughs> you have kids or how did you go to a meeting when you only had two hours of sleep? I was like, you'll get through it. Don't worry. Well, you know, that's <laughs> the funny thing. And I don't know if you guys can relate, but before you become a mom, you're certainly warned. You are warned. I mean, there, there is information out there, but for whatever reason, I didn't retain any of it until I was actually experiencing this for myself and then I was like oh wow like the, yeah this is yeah this actually is really hard it's like well, who told you it was easy it's like well nobody everyone said it was hard but you don't know until you're actually doing it because everything you read it, it's like 
It's like you have this plant that no one else can take care of, right? Like you can read that some people give it sunshine and sing to it, but then your plant is like a succulent. <laughs> you're like, oh, I don't need to water it as much as Jen needs to water her plant. It's just it, every family is so different. Every circumstance is so different. I mean, I think about women who go through it with a working full-time partner who's got like a really demanding job. Yeah. And that's going to be so different than my experience too, right? Like every family just has its own dynamic and and i don't know it, i think that's part part of why maybe you think like well my partner will be different well my circumstance will be different and yet there's so much commonality there's so much that we share so it's interesting to me my um my mom always worked when i was younger and was our breadwinner of the family and my sister-in-law who married my brother she traveled and was a breadwinner and so I've always like had good role models of women working and having careers, which I think is important. But it was interesting because I saw my dad or my brother not say take a supporting role, but like figure it out. Like I remember one time there was like an hour where my sister-in-law and my brother were crossing airplanes in the plane and like who watched their kids while they were both flying. And, you know, like. To me, there's no obstacle you can't figure out because I've seen people achieve those obstacles. And I'm not saying I'm doing everything right, but I want to be a resource for people if they ever have something or to know that like you can figure this out. And if working is important to you or something that is absolutely necessary of you, you guys can figure it out. Like as a family, you can figure it out. As a person, you can figure it out because there is no doing things that's correct. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. And I, that brings up a good point. Like we're not only being examples to other working moms, we're being examples to our kids. Right. Mm -hmm. Which I, I, I try to remember. I didn't necessarily have like a strong working mom example. I had, I mean, my mom's wonderful, but <laughs> when people heard that my husband was going to be a stay at home dad and I was going to work, I think there were a lot of people in our life who were like, Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I think it's been pretty fantastic for us. I think it's great to be a working mom. And I think it's great yeah. to celebrate that there are women who are the breadwinners. And I, that's great. Like, why yeah. are we more excited about that? We mm -hmm. should be. And I think that's changing in our culture. I agree. Yeah, I do too. And it's been interesting to be in this, like I said, role reversal with my husband over the last year um because it really has made me think well i mean because i always was like well i have to work i must work and i now i know i do still want to work i mean i i need something else going on in my life like it's like it's <laughs> not like i'm not busy with doing fi family stuff it is incredibly busy and I give I have a whole new appreciation for what it's like to be a stay at home mom now because it's just not yeah. there's so many things I'm like well who did this stuff before I'm not did I just not do it I mean I don't know my mom mm -hmm. helped a lot a lot but like now it's just like I feel like there's not a spare second you couldn't be thinking about doing something in the house right but I still have a desire to do other things I still have a desire to contribute more into the world in general and we shouldn't feel like we can't do that. Absolutely. So kind of like you, I when I quit ACHE, I had a few months where I was at home and I, hard job too, no doubt about that. So I, I completely respect and appreciate that. 
But I remember being like, my husband even came to me and he's like, you're going to have to work or figure out something because the person you are when you're a stay-at-home mom is not the same person you were and you're not happy. And so like to me, working was important and something I wanted to do. Now, I don't want to work 80 hours a week, but it was still something I wanted to do. So it was finding that balance where I could still be at home with my kids part of the time. I could still work. I could still feel self-fulfilled too, you know? Yeah. Finding a balance, I think, um, is really important. Mm -hmm. And a supportive partner, right? 100%. I mean, good for him, good for Mike for saying... Um, you know, cause it might've been easier on Mike to actually have you home yep. full time, oh, right? Sure. That might've made his life easier, but he looked at you and he was like, you're not happy. So, wow. What a great move to be like, my wife needs to be happy and have I know. I was really impressed that you just said that. I mean, and not that, not that yeah. to take it again, anything away from the men, but like that's, that was very generous and, and mm. insightful of him to recognize that. Yeah. So they're, yes, a hundred percent. And I remember when I quit my job, I was not going to quit. I would have never quit. I loved my job. And he's like, they're not going to give you flexibility. Go in your office and shut the door and write out your letter to quit. And I said, oh, I can't do that. I'll do it later. And he goes, I'll wait for you to do it. And that's the only way I would have done it. You know what I mean? And in retrospect, I love my life and my balance so much better now, but that was very helpful. And Jen Salerno, for you too, to have a partner who's like, it's okay. We can change the way this, this worked. And like, and he helps you do this, right? You said? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I have yeah. to give him tons of credit for even having this podcast be a thing. Um, I mean, he's, it was really his, his idea at his prompting at my moments of, I can't do this imposter syndrome. He's been the one who's just like, yes, you can. You are doing it. Of course you can do this. You know, and I, I'm here to help you. So yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's so nice to have support like that. For sure. Well, so we are nearing the hour mark. So I don't want to, I, I, this conversation can go on forever, but. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could talk all day <laughs> <I know>. about <laughs> this. But I, I just want to get a, a couple final takeaways from you both as far as, you know, advice. And there's been a lot of really good advice, but just kind of that final, you know, what would you say to somebody, you know, either as a as a working mom today or what you wish you knew before you had kids that you would some kind of knowledge you would impart on the working force? What would you say? I think one piece of advice is just trust yourself. You know what you need to be happy. You know what your family needs and you just need to trust yourself and you will find it. It might not be the perfect job right away and it might not come in the time frame you want. But if you if you trust yourself, you'll figure it out and you'll figure out how to balance being a mom and having a career and going to hockey practice. You'll figure it out. And you just have just don't compare yourself, trust yourself and figure out what works best for your family. That's the only thing that matters. That's really good. Yeah, trust yourself is is huge. I think um trust yourself and trust others, like trust others to support you, to help you make sure that you give other people the opportunity to help you out too, because, um, you know, it goes back to what Jen said before, which was like, you don't have to do it all. Um, and then remember that, right. A rising tide raises all ships, right? So if I am rising, if I am feeling good, I can bring up other people with me. And I think 
you have to you have to remember that feeling of being supported, letting people support you and then do that for others. Wow. I feel like you're on fire today with all these great nuggets of information. Well, it, they're just little things that I repeat to myself a lot, right? Like if 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 you find a couple things that you just keep repeating to yourself, then that's, they come out and stuff like this. <laughs> well, you are uh, embracing these things that you've taught yourself and learned and it's I working, <laughs> you know, and then you're teaching others and you're showing others how it works. And I think that's a huge strength and benefit that you're putting out into the world. So thank you. Thank you both. I hope so. Yeah. Thanks for having us. This is fun. This is really fun. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks so much to Jessica and Jen for sharing all that you did with us today. While none of us has the exact answer for how to make this work, the good news is there is no one right answer. You get to handle it however you want to, as long as it works for you and your family. And you ladies are making it work. Well, that is a wrap on this week's episode, and I want to hear from you. Please send feedback, show ideas, comments, questions, and of course, interest in participating to me at roomblockpodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for joining me today, and please remember to subscribe to The Room Block so you can continue to join in the conversation. Mm-hmm.